from NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians. This is episode 124 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? NPM is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy. The members of NPM serve the Catholic Church in the United States as musicians, clergy, liturgists, and other leaders of prayer. For more information, go to npm.org forward slash join. Have a question? Email us anytime at ministrymonday at npm.org. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Ministry Monday. I'm your host, Amanda Bruce. Now, I want you to take a second and imagine that you are stepping into your church for your very first time. What do you see? Maybe you see the light filtering through the stained glass windows, highlighting the little specks of dust in the air. Or maybe you see the beautiful backdrop of an advent wreath, a glittering banner, or a nobly simplistic Easter floral arrangement that takes your breath away. Imagine you're stepping into your church for the very first time. What do you hear? Maybe you hear the creaking of the pews as someone sits back after kneeling, or the gentle conversation filtering in from the sacristy as the altar servers prepare for Mass. Imagine you're stepping into your church for the very first time. And what do you smell? Is it incense? Or maybe it's the remains of last night's fish fry. Imagine you're stepping into your church for the very first time. What do you feel? The environment of our worship is a multi-layered experience that allows us to sink deeper into the sacred presence of Christ It's one of the reasons we are so aching for a full community in an actual physical space at this time. From the ornate church buildings to the acoustics to those who greet us at the doors, environment sets the stage, for lack of a better term, for the sacred liturgy we know and love so well. In a world where the Mass itself stays the same, it's the church building the people and the music that fills it that is the differing factor from each church in our world today. For the next two weeks, we will explore the environment of our worship and the elements that help to shape the experience in our worship spaces. So I started to prepare for this episode by doing exactly what I just asked you to do. I imagined walking into my church space and I thought to myself, what do I notice about it? What would I see if I were visiting it for the first time? And not only that, I thought about the many outdoor spaces we have all been creating in light of COVID-19. How do we express the sacred into, well, let's be honest, a previously secular place, maybe like a parking lot? These thoughts and reflections brought me to reaching out to Pamela Hardiman, 
Now, I met Pamela Hardiman at this year's virtual convention, and she is a liturgical fiber artist. Pam's passion for her craft was so apparent, both in the way she speaks about it and in the images I saw on her website. They're just awe-inspiring. Her painted silk and mosaic of fabrics takes my breath away. She sees environment for worship in an artistic way that I wish I could, but I can't. And so I wanted to learn from her. I asked her to sit down with me and talk about her viewpoint on environment in the church, both inside and outside the church building. I got started back in the late 80s um, when I was doing a different kind of work. I was uh, I was uh, a postdocing in um, cognitive psychology, and we were trying to start our family, and it wasn't happening. And I really felt like a door had kind of shut in my life. But at the same time, I. I also realized that I could use my art, which was my secondary thing at the time, to say something. It could be more than just a decoration. I could actually say something with it and other people could understand what I was trying to say. And because I was going to a Newman Center with plain brick walls, I really felt like it pretty much needed something. And so I did my first piece. It was it was okay piece, and um, <laughs> it was fine. But then the second piece I made for Advent and Christmas, and the idea was that you were inside of a building looking out, so you were in a safe place looking on mystery, and the sky was full of stars. The stars had gradations um, from light to dark so that if the light was turned down low, they almost seemed to glow. And the feeling that I got and the feeling that other people had being in that space, it, it took you somewhere else. It took you, it helped you to enter mystery. And I felt at that point in time that it was okay. I, I could leave this earth right now. Um, and because I had done this, and of course that was just my call mm -hmm. that this was where I should go. Mm -hmm. um, and it did take longer before that became my full-time thing, but I eventually went there. One of the things that I really love about what I do I do two, two different kinds of work. One is pieced from fabrics that come from all different places in the world. And to me, getting those pieces to work together, to harmonize together, to sing together, hmm. um, it's like building an image of the church. We come from many places. We, you know, we have many different designs and we can work together to make something that is greater than each of us individually. I really, I love doing that. Uh, and then the other thing I do is I paint on silk and that goes with the piece things that I do very nicely, but it also can do some great things on its own. 
For example, I make banners of, of different types. One is a long skinny banner. And originally when I made this, um, it's on, on the tip of a long fishing pole. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful for swirling around um, and filling a space with color. It's great for a procession, any kind of a procession. Uh, it helps people to follow the movement. It can accentuate the movement. I used them once, 16 foot long ones for um, sprinkling holy water. And it was at a conference and there were four people doing the sprinkling and it's a huge place. There's no way that you could see them, but to see this motion and colors that were, you know, like the water, um, up above it helped everyone to follow the action and be a part of it hmm. and now that we're doing more things outside it turns out that this is the perfect thing to use outside and when you're using them outside you could move but mostly um i don't know what people are doing in different places but we're not processing like we used to do um, so those can be used to what what you have outside often is an undefined space mm -hmm. and so that they can be used to mark the edges or corners of a space and because the air is never usually completely still they're always moving around a little bit so you get that that waving motion without having to do anything they can set up that space. And how many for it, let's just talk about the outdoor idea for a little bit. So first off, Pam, where are you located right now in terms of like city, state, region of the, the US? Oh, well, my home base is in Connecticut, mm -hmm. Farmington, Connecticut, the middle of Connecticut. But ever since COVID started, um, we've moved up to our lake house in vermont so okay. i'm i'm living in the middle of vermont now okay okay great so you're up in the northeast um, right and so i was just thinking about if you were in an area that could continue outdoor services right now and probably most likely not yeah not here no. yeah not here <laughs> Um, but but if someone maybe you know whether it's in the spring or summer or currently in the fall or winter in a more southern state wanted to enhance that environment. You mentioned how um, some of these banners that have movement really help to define the space, which is so true. Um, right. like, how, like how many would you recommend that someone or a parish consider? Like would you recommend that they have one also maybe at the, like at the parking lot to indicate where to, to move through, you know, to park or anything yes. like that? Definitely, I would definitely do that. Um, because you're going to a space that's not it's not the normal pathway that a church is set up for you to follow to the mm -hmm. door mm -hmm. so it helps to have uh, banners that indicate a different way to go and you can use that type of a banner or I have another one that kind of looks like a sail those are also good mm -hmm. and the way that you can set these up that can be very simple if it's in the parking lot itself so if it's on a paved area then a patio umbrella stand is the perfect thing they're heavy enough because they hold 
you know, an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they can definitely hold your pole. But if you're on the grass, it's even easier. Um, I just take a piece of rebar, which you can get, you know, Home Depot or whatever, mm-hmm. um, two feet long and pound it into the ground as far as you can make it go up to half of it. And then the poles have a cap on the bottom that just unscrews. And so it's hollow in the middle and you slip it over that piece of rebar and you don't even see what's holding it up. It's, um, it's very elegant that way. Nice. Nice. That's good. I've had a number of people get in touch with me about indoor services as well. It's because everything is so close up. We can see in great detail things that we didn't used to be able to see so well because (laughs) it's right in the camera. And so I've had a, I've had some uh, churches give me a call recently just for that reason. So that they can upgrade what they've got and um, have it be more pleasing to the camera. That's such a good point because we currently are live streaming at my church and live streaming the mass and having everything on camera is so different. It really is. It is. And you have to think about the details like, you know, the camera zooms in. What do you see behind you? And that's such a good point. You might not think it makes such a big difference but it it really you know week after week when you're watching the camera from the same point of view it does it does definitely help it helps you to feel more like you're in that space and that you're a part of it that it's changing with the seasons sadly we have to talk about changing with the seasons mm-hmm. um, but it yes it definitely makes it makes a big difference and, you know, I, I have another personal anecdote. I was on vacation a couple years ago and I was actually, I was in Brussels and I went to a church that was the only English, that had the only English speaking mass um, because I was out of the country. Right. And liturgical environment was very interesting in this particular <laughs> church because they had, they had, it was right around Christmas. They had these Christmas trees behind but they had blinking and strobe lights on the trees. Oh gosh. And they were directly behind the priest. And so oh, no. talk about environment that's not conducive of prayer. I felt awful because the whole time I had to blink several times because there was these strobe lights on the trees. <laughs> it was awful. And so yeah. to, to have the appropriate backdrop um, can be so, well, truthfully it can be detrimental, but it also can be very deepening. And, um, right. Yeah. And also create, I think a level of familiarity with the space so that when they come back, they say, Oh, I saw that last year on the live stream during ordinary time, you know? (laughs) Yes. And if, if someone were listening and they were interested in purchasing some banners or liturgical fiber art to define their outdoor space, but like you and I, when we're in the Northeast, we have to move inward sometime relatively soon. Um, you know, what are some of the recommendations you would make in terms of what seasonal colors to buy? Um, do you think it's a good idea just to go with something green, like ordinary time or, um, what do you think about that? I think that you can use a variety of colors. Um, 
obviously during ordinary time you you want to use some greens mm -hmm. and the way that i found uh looked really nice is to use a longer one and a shorter one on the same pole and that gives a really nice effect and so yes several green ones are great but you could also throw in gold into that um you could i even a little purple is okay um a little white I, I think you can you can mix colors uh as long as you've got the the dominant color being dominant mm -hmm. um so at you know at christmas time obviously you would use a lot of white but the gold again some red um even a little green all any of that would be fine and so that actually helps you out because you don't need such a huge collection of banners you can use uh the same ones at different times mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so my last question to you is if someone were how do i say this and i don't mean this in any disrespectful way to our church but if someone were speaking to a liturgy committee or to a parish leadership team to help them realize the value of investing in something like this uh, for indoor and outdoor environment, what are some of the things that you value the most that you touched on a little bit at the beginning, um, but you value the most about how these can impact not only the space visually, but in the experience and worship that, a, some, that someone would have? What are some of the, the, your favorite things about what you do? Well, one of the things about these long skinny banners we've been talking about is that they make visible the wind and the spirit. We consider the spirit to be breath, the wind. And so the banners can do more than just mark the space. They can help you to enter the mystery. And to me, that is the function of fiber art. It's um, to help you enter more deeply into the mystery and we use different colors at different times of the year to help us enter that season and to me it's important to use the liturgical color in as many places as possible you shouldn't have to wait until the presider comes out to say oh it's ordinary time <laughs> you should know that when you go to a party you decorate for the party and that helps you to know what the party is about and it helps you to get ready for the party it adds to the atmosphere of the party and celebrating in a church is is the same way it's it's kind of the biggest party really um it's the source and summit of our lives and so we need to treat it with enthusiasm. Is there anything else you would want people to know? Anything you want your listeners to know right now? Everything in the church, the people, the art, it should all help you to enter into mystery. That's its goal. And so that, that's what I try to do with my fabric art. I love color and I love design. And I think it can help everyone to live more deeply, to worship more deeply, to be more alive. And I have to say too, I, you know, if you have not seen the video portion of this episode, 
uh, and you're only listening right now on the podcast, you have to go see the video because Pam has a beautiful piece of, I'm sure you made that, didn't you, Pam? Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh it is so beautiful. And if you haven't seen her work, you owe it to yourself to go see why her love of color is so apparent because the things you make are so stunning, Pam. I love them. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Pam, thank you so much for talking with us today on Ministry Monday. Thank you, Amanda. finished recording, Pam shared with me that her son ran in the Boston Marathon this year, which, due to COVID-19, was held virtually. He ran the 26.2-mile race by circling their local lake, which was 2.62 miles, and so he circled it 10 times. Pam used some of her banners to indicate when he would finish a lap. I dare say they are the most beautiful race banners I've ever seen. For photos of Pam's banners, including those that are used in churches and photos of the virtual Boston Marathon, visit the show notes of this episode on ministrymonday.org. Next week's episode explores the environment of our worship in a digital way by discussing projection. Why is it good or bad in a church space? What is the time commitment for something like a projection screen and preparation? And where in the world would you start? Next week, I speak to Gabriel Wanis, founder and CEO of Worship Now Publishing, as well as Craig Colson, composer and director of music ministries in Spring Grove, Illinois. Today's recording of Water was produced by GIA Publications. Our theme music was written and produced by Aaron Chows. Today's episode of Ministry Monday was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday.